Well, the scripture this morning is Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. So if you can please stand for the reading of God's word. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The word of the Lord. This is, I think, our third in the series on invitations where God says, come. Uh, I think this is one that we all welcome. I hope we do. Because I think burdened and weary describes who we are or where we're at at times. In our... Oh, by the way, did these come from your house, Irene? Oh, well, they're beautiful. Thank you. I was admiring those this morning. So... Um, so we all find our, ourselves uh, at times in that place where we're just feeling burdened and worn out, weary. And it happens for a variety of reasons. Several years ago, uh, a Tacoma, Washington newspaper carried the story of Tattoo, the Basset Hound. Tattoo didn't intend to go for an evening run, but when his owner shut his leash in the car door and took off for a drive with tattoos still outside the vehicle, he had no choice. Motorcycle officer Terry Filbert noticed a passing vehicle with something dragging behind it. He commented that the poor basset hound was picking them up and putting them down as fast as he could. He chased the car to a stop and Tattoo was rescued, but not before the dog had reached a top speed of approximately 25 miles an hour, falling down and rolling over several times. Have you ever felt like Tattoo? Picking them up and putting them down as fast as you could, tossed around and feeling a little bit dragged along? No. You know, there are times in our lives when we long for rest. I also know that rest can take on different forms or connotations depending on what you need rest from. For some, rest means no physical activity. I just want to crash. My body's tired. All I want to do is read a book, take a nap. Sleep in in the morning, sit on the deck or patio and watch the day go by. That's what I need. For others, it may be rest of the mind or spirit that comes from doing something that you enjoy. It's just a break from the busyness or the stress of life. Something you find relaxing. It takes your mind off those things that have been weighing on you that you've been dealing with. And it may be fishing. It may be bird watching, or a car or motorcycle ride, or any number of things that you like to do that give you a break. And nothing wrong with those things, they're, they're good things. But they provide only temporary rest. It seems like 
We're right back at it after those breaks. But in Jesus, we can find a rest that's more satisfying and enduring. It is rest for the soul. And so as we look at this invitation this morning, the first thing I notice here is that Jesus' invitation is specific. He says, all you who are weary and burdened. In the Psalms, in Psalm 68, verse 19, it says, Praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. You know, both the Old and New Testament speak of bringing our burdens to God. In Psalm 55, 22, it says, Cast your cares on the Lord and He will sustain you. And there's a verse very much like that in the New Testament in 1 Peter 5, 7 where it says, Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. God does care for us. And we can cast those things on Him. Listen to what the Amplified Version says about how it reads for 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, Cast all your cares, your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on Him. For He cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. And and this passage talks about a yoke. As we yoke ourselves with Jesus, we then bring Him the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it, and leave it with Him. And then He gives us Rest. And you know, weary and burden can apply to us in a number of ways. We can experience this physically. We can experience being weary and burdened emotionally, spiritually. And in this passage, Jesus is telling us that however you're weary and burdened, you can find rest for your soul. The question then is, what can cause us to fear feel weary and burdened in our soul. Well, there's a lot of things, I think, that can impact our souls. Unconfessed sin, persistent temptation, ongoing physical struggle, perhaps a lingering injury or chronic illness. Things that drain us emotionally can impact our soul. Strained relationships, concerns about children or other family members. It's the stress of a difficult work environment. The pandemic that we hear about continually right now. And other distressing things that we currently face in our nation and in our world. These are what we call times that try the soul, right? And so we... It's like those things are continually with us. They're in front of us. Especially if you watch or listen to the news. But Jesus is able to bear our burdens. See, when we try to carry them, we we get depleted, we can get defeated. But if we give them over to Jesus, then He takes that burden with us and we can be strengthened. If we're physically tired and we get rest, we wake up refreshed and ready to go. When we're spiritually tired and we get rest for our souls, then we are supernaturally refreshed 
and am renewed. Isaiah 40, 29-31 says, But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Jesus' invitation is to us when we're weary and burdened. And the next thing I see here is that Jesus' invitation is open-ended. You've, you've seen or heard things like this. Closed on Mondays. Office hours, 9 to 5 p.m. Call ahead for reservations. Our schedule's full right now, but we can get you in in a couple of weeks. Or, there's an hour wait time. Well, there are none of those qualifiers in when Jesus says, come. He just says, come. He doesn't put limitations on when we can come. In the scripture, we read in Psalm 121, verse 4, Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. Kind of nice to know that God's always on the job, isn't it? In John 5.17, Jesus said to them, My Father is always at His work to this very day, and I too am working. Jesus doesn't keep office hours. His door's always open. And when Jesus said, Come to Me, He didn't just mean for salvation only. He meant you can come to Me on an ongoing basis. There will be times when we become weary and burdened. We'll feel drained, discouraged, frustrated. And there's a lot of other things that you get add on to that. What can we do? We can accept Jesus' open invitation to come. Anytime. Any place. Accept that open invitation. I need to continually come to Jesus. I need to be reminded that Jesus is gentle and humble and that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And he invites me to come. And Jesus says, Jesus says here, he himself is the solution. Come to me. You know, in our culture, we say, give me pills. Let me take a nice long vacation. There's got to be a good book I can read on this subject. And it's not to say that some of those things can't be helpful. But if we want real rest, we go to Jesus. You guys have all heard this, you know, well, we had a come to Jesus moment. And it's become kind of a trite expression in our modern vocabulary. The Urban Dictionary says a come to Jesus moment originally meant an emotional experience that is life-changing but it has evolved to become a serious argument, one that better result in change of action or else. We need to have a come-to-Jesus moment. Well, when Jesus says come, he uses it in the original expression of the meaning, an an emotional experience, a spiritual experience that is life-changing. Jesus says, if you need rest, come to me. He is our rest. And notice that the invitation is not to a certain person. It's not to a program. He doesn't say, if you need rest, go to a seminar or see a specialist or 
read some books on rest. He says, come to me. Bill Crowder, who in the past had written uh, in our daily bread, notes this. The rest that Jesus offers is not simply found in the cessation of activity or release from burdens. It is found in actively seeking his presence and his provision for our lives. So, where is your life out of control? What kind of stress is running rampant with you? It can be religious stress. It can be family or other relational stress. It could be stress over health or financial concerns. First, and most importantly, come to Jesus. Bring it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. And he says there's a requirement here. The requirement is a yoke. Y-O-K-E. I was reading, I was re- I like to read um, what other pastors preach on this stuff. And I was reading where one pastor said, don't confuse this with chicken yoke. But he spelled the chicken yoke Y-O-K-E. So, I don't know. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know what a yoke is? Okay, uh, back in the days when, well, especially in the time of Jesus, they tended to use oxen when they tilled the soil and, and uh, often a team of oxen and they would make these wooden yokes that went over the, the neck, rested on the shoulders and... Um, That's how they hitched them to whatever implement they were using to till the soil. The best jokes were those made for specific animals. In other words, the ox would be brought to the carpenter and the measurements would be taken. The yoke was then roughed out. The ox brought back to have the yoke tried on. And at that point, the finishing work was done so that the yoke fit perfectly. This allowed the animal full range of motion without chafing. The yoke was perfect for the ox. It was comfortable. It was easy. And we're told that we're to learn from Jesus. See, the way of discipleship is to follow Jesus, to become his apprentice. Jesus is the master and we are the servant, the follower That's what he said to his first disciples. We talked about that in the last come message. Follow me. And that's he's still saying that to us. Follow me. Paul once wrote, the Apostle Paul once wrote, follow my example as I follow the example of Jesus Christ. Oh, that we can say that. And Paul could say that because he had yoked himself to Jesus Christ. Proverbs 9.9 says, Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. And walking with Jesus is an ongoing learning experience, isn't it? I mean, I'm not there yet. I'm still learning. I hope you are too. And learning from Jesus isn't just about increasing one's knowledge. 
It's about becoming wiser rather than smarter. Now, there's nothing wrong with becoming smarter, but it's important to become wiser. In fact, that's the Bible talks about wisdom, doesn't it? Read the book of Proverbs sometime. There's a lots and lots in there about the importance of gaining wisdom. And we have a tendency sometimes to equate smarter and wiser. To treat them as, they, as if they meant the same thing, which in fact they do not. You can become smarter and not be wiser. It's, prob- it's probable that we could all think of examples of people that we consider very smart who are not very wise as evidenced by the unwise things that they might do. To learn from Jesus is to put that learning into practice. This this ties in with being an obedient follower. We can know the things that Jesus taught, but we have to live the things that Jesus taught. Taught. See, learning from Jesus does not mean much if we don't do something with what we've learned. Learning from Jesus should make a difference in our lives and in the lives of others. And Jesus says, put on a yoke, be yoked to me. Be yoked to me. Put on my yoke. Christian discipleship is about being in relationship with Jesus. The terminology here is to join him by putting on his yoke. We come to him. We allow ourselves to be bound to him. And in him then we find rest because Jesus points out himself that he is gentle and humble in heart. Jesus will lead us gently as we bind our lives to him. A man once observed a farmer with his team of oxen plowing a field. The man noticed that one of the animals seemed to be a lot bigger than the other, so he asked the farmer about it. The farmer replied, The older ox is the best ox I've ever had. He knows his way around the field. The reason I put the younger one with him is so that the older one, more knowledgeable, could teach him how to plow. If I never put them together, the younger one would would never learn. By himself, the younger ox would pull himself to death. But together he learns to cooperate with and rest in the strength of the older ox. And so it is with us. We come to Jesus. We take his yoke. We bind ourselves to him. We learn from him. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, if you've been a Christian for a little while, you probably know that living for Jesus is not necessarily easy. So why would Jesus say this? Well, the Greek word here for easy is Christos. While it does not mean, while it does mean, excuse me, while it does mean easy, it also means kind, good, Better, loving. Jesus isn't saying the Christian life is going to be more comfortable and relaxed. He's saying that to be yoked with Him can make life kind, better, good, loving. 
And he tells us that we need not be afraid to be yoked with him because he is gentle and humble in heart. You know, the, the, the Jewish audience that Jesus addressed here understood the idea of a yoke, not just simply because of the oxen and that was how they did agriculture in that day. They had a history of enduring a yoke of slavery in Egypt, in captivity in Babylonia and Assyria. And even as Jesus spoke, they lived under a yoke of oppression from the Roman Empire. But Jesus wanted them to know that they need not fear his authority, his yoke. He was a master who loved them, who cared about them, and would bless them, not oppress them. And so Jesus' invitation is, is twofold. If, you're, if you are burdened, he invites you to come. And then he says he wants to help you with your burden. I have a new custom-made yoke for you to help you as you journey through life and the challenges that you face. So not only does he offer us a yoke designed just for us to help us with the burdens of life, but he says, let me teach you. And he teaches us about forgiveness and trust and faith and how to please him. And he tells us that we're not alone. We're yoked with him. And he doesn't say that the burdens will go away, but he does say he wants to help us carry the burden. He will share the load. And so the promise here is rest. That's the promise. I will give you rest for your souls. Someone has said this, and I'd never heard this before, but Kind of makes sense. Life is like wrestling a gorilla. You don't rest when you get tired. You rest when the gorilla gets tired. Problem is, the gorilla never seems to get tired. And I would suspect that everybody in the crowd that day that Jesus was speaking to thought he was speaking directly to them. It was a hard life. Because 2,000 years ago in Israel, most, for most people, life was a day-to-day existence. If you didn't grow it, catch it, or prepare it today, you wouldn't eat it tomorrow. Add to that the constant strain of living in an occupied country where you could be called upon at any time to do the will of the empire. And you begin to understand what Jesus was saying when he spoke of those who were weary and carried heavy burdens. And maybe many of those, as we read the scripture today, and as I've talked to you, figured that Jesus was talking directly to you too. With work, and family, and church, and community, and the stresses that we deal with that sometimes never seem to stop. And so you too know what it means to be Weary and heavy burdened. And it's here that we have Jesus promise to his followers that they would have rest. And if we take that as Jesus promises, if we take that as Jesus promising a rest from daily work, a rest from the labors of life, then we're probably going to be disappointed. 
Because I was suspect that for those who originally heard these words, the next morning the crops still needed to be tended, the goats still needed to be milked, the fishing nets still needed to be cast and drawn back, the baby still needed to be changed, the house still needed to be cleaned, the meals still needed to be prepared. But see, there's a weariness that tends to be more draining than just physical fatigue. Physical fatigue is one thing. Emotional and spiritual fatigue tends to be even worse. And so if you look at this passage, you realize that the rest that Jesus was promising wasn't a rest just from physical labor or from the general work of life. Jesus was talking to those who are emotionally exhausted, who carried a spiritual burden. You know, again, the Jewish audience that Jesus spoke to that day understood what it meant to be under a spiritual burden. There were 613 Pharisaical laws that they were expected to keep. I mean, if you spit on the ground on On Sabbath, you were making mud, and that was against the law. Luke 11.46, Jesus is speaking to the religious leaders, and he said this, Woe to you, because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry. And he goes on to say, and you won't lift a finger to help them with them either. In 1 John 5.3, here's good news. John writes, In fact, this is love for God to keep His commands, and His commands are not burdensome. How did Jesus sum up God's commands? Well, in Matthew 22, verse 37, Jesus, excuse me, 37 and 38, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Boy, 613 to 2. That's load lifting. What a relief to know that you could find rest from the burden and load of Pharisaical law. And... What's interesting is is that when our souls are at rest, it helps to take care of other ways that we are weary and burdened. You know, when our souls are troubled and we are burdened by guilt or shame or stress or worry or fears or doubts, these can cause us to become mentally and even physically worn out. It can all work together to cause some major issues in our lives. Sometimes they exhibit themselves physically. But when our soul is at at rest, we can release all our burdens over to Jesus. We may suffer the natural effects of being tired after a hard day's work, but we can escape the effects of becoming weary and burdened after receiving bad news or going through hardships or sufferings because we know we can cast these cares on Jesus. He is our strength when we are weak. He is there for us to lean on and cling to and hope in. 
But what does that mean? Does it mean that he will eradicate all those things that are burdening us? Well, the rest that Jesus promises isn't based on the premise that all our burdens will go away. There will always be those family commitments, those work commitments, community commitments, church commitments. The word that Jesus uses here for rest suggests refreshment, renewal and refreshing. It's when he gives us a chance to breathe, to take a drink of cold water, to kind of... Uh, he didn't promise that we'd never be weary ever again. Instead, he is offering us a chance at renewal and refreshment on the journey. And I don't know. I mean, we all carry our burdens, don't we? We all do. Sometimes it's more intense. Others times not as heavy, but we carry our burdens. And I don't know what, well, I do. I have an idea of some of what some of you are carrying. There's a lot I don't know about. But I do know this. Jesus has a yoke that he made just for you, and he wants to help. Charles Stanley said this, When we surrender the circumstances of our lives to Jesus, he lifts us up and infuses our hearts with fresh hope and wisdom. Some situations are just too difficult for us to handle, but nothing is too great for him. He promises to refresh our weary souls when we come to him, come to Jesus. Weary? Burdened? Jesus says, come to me. We are going to partake of communion this time. If those who will be serving us would go ahead and become, uh, go ahead and be, uh, begin distributing the elements 